J.M. and the A.M. with Zachrein Luchayim, done by Mendy Wald, as we get ready for the brand new year of 5777, which begins on Sunday night. A couple of very special guests in our studio. Uh, the first is uh, somebody who uh, we call and uh, consider, and uh, so does the rest of the world, the number one kosher wine sommelier on planet Earth. In fact, uh, after his last appearance here, I got into a discussion on our app with somebody regarding his uh, position as number one kosher wine sommelier. He's also somebody who for many, many years has helped me encourage our listeners to begin a brand new year with brand new bottles of wine from Israel. Uh, we always want, whether it's before a holiday, certainly before Pesach, we always like to promote Israeli wines, but for some reason it always seems to have even more meaning uh, at the beginning of a brand new year. And as the brand new year begins on Sunday night, Jay Booksbaum, the great wine sommelier, and I, Encourage everybody to have as much Israeli wine, brand new bottles of Israeli wine, on the table as possible. Jay Booksbaum, Shana Tova, welcome back to JM and the AM. Uh, tell me more about the app. <laughs> You're great. <laughs> you, as long as it's talking about you, you want to hear more. <laughs> no, no, really, it's it's you you know, are it's important. It is important. We keep talking about it, and we hope more and more people will install. It. And we we figured out that for someone who's completely unaffiliated, unaware, and unable to do anything with their phone, right. for that person, it takes about 25 seconds to install the app. <laughs> so you I know. want to know every place I go in the country. Because, you know, not everybody can right. hear you on terrestrial radio Correct. if you're outside of New York. Especially New now we're going to extraterrestrial radio. Uh, there you go. <laughs> I'm telling you, everybody hears you on their app. Yeah. Well, so that's that's, and it's so simple. But we kept saying that for people outside of New York and New Jersey, this transition is going to be seamless yeah. because they won't know the difference. <laughs> right. We just have to get everyone else to come along with us, so to speak. Um, so Jay is here, and, you know, it's funny. I, I, I don't want to discuss where yet. We'll have an opportunity okay. to discuss where in the next few weeks. But, you know, I've been out of town the last couple of days. Secret. And I, secret is right. And I get a um, a communique from Stacy Siegel, and she says to me the following by text. She says, related to Stacy? I am. She says, are you aware of the fact that there's an article that Shimon Peres, in one of his last public speeches before his stroke, and now, of course, he's passed away, uh, spoke about how people should buy Israeli products. That was like his big focus of one of these major speeches. And she said, I encourage you, she says to me in this text, to use this opportunity to remind everybody how important it is all year round, obviously, to buy Israeli products and stay connected to the land and to the state in that way. And then, sure enough, who's here the next day? But Jay Booksbaum bringing along a special guest to discuss this very topic, thank God. So, And this special guest is really a wonderful human being and a man I've known for almost 30 years. Right? And from a family that's quite distinguished in the Jewish, uh, in Adam, Jewish history. Adam Montefiore. Adam Montefiore is here, and uh, it is a pleasure and honor to welcome you here to JM in the AM. It's a pleasure to be here. Good morning. Shana Tova to you. Shana Tova to you and He's everyone. Got that really cool British yes. accent. Yeah. Originally from Great Britain, correct? That's sure, yep. Israel defeated Great Britain this past Sunday in the World Baseball Classic qualifying match, so my apologies for that. <laughs> but nonetheless, a pleasure to welcome you here. Well, he's more Israeli than, great, than <laughs> British. Oh, good point. Yeah. yeah. Actually, he should be celebrating with us, yeah, exactly. right? Exactly. Anyway, so um, here we are at the start of a brand new year, and you get the point. We always talk year-round about Israeli wine, but for some reason, we've always had, I don't know, a way into people's heart at the very beginning of the brand new year to start the year with something from Israel. And you encourage those who are buying cases to make sure at least one case comes from Israel, and those right. who are serving many bottles, make sure at least some of the bottles are from the Holy Land. And today's a good example. We have some actual 
bottles from the Holy Land with us today, correct? And we might even be able to get you to like it. Yeah, I think you, you will. Know, it's not like you don't syrupy underst- sweet. You don't understand. You you keep you keep reliving conversations okay. from ten years ago. You All don't right. understand just how sophisticated I, my palate has become. I know. I yeah. mean, there's some wines now that I'm literally enjoying. You know, okay, maybe not right. maybe not the pace that you enjoy them. I hear you. Or the volume that you enjoy them. <laughs> but no, but Adam, Adam, Adam not only uh, comes from a, a very auspicious family yeah. and great history behind that, which, uh, Adam, I'd like you to talk, talk about that, but he's now the kind of chairman of a, a Montefiore winery. Right, and that's located where? Uh, in the Judean Hills, on the, on the way to Jerusalem. We would know it closest to what town or city? It's near Bet Shemesh, oh, Emek Sorek. We know where that Sorek is. Valley. Yep. And that is literally where the vineyards are? This is where the winery is? What goes on there? This is where the winery and vineyards are. They're both there? And we buy, we buy the grapes, we make the wine um, in memory of Moses, Moses Montefiore. Right. Who, who would be your... Who uh, was my um, uh, forebear five generations before. Right. Um, and I'm the first member of the family to go and live in Israel. And we thought uh, making a winery in his honor was a wonderful thing to do. Could say that again. Uh, yeah, to say the family uh, is included in those who are historic builders of Israel would be accurate, correct? Sure. I mean, he built the first uh, community, the first neighborhood outside the old city walls. Right. And that became the cornerstone of modern Jerusalem. Correct. So we're very proud of that. As they say, Stelzach far. Excuse know? me, Jay, I'm sorry. Stelzach far. <laughs> say it again, please. Stelzach far. <laughs> just imagine. They don't speak Yiddish when, in old Montefiore well, village. Just, well, just imagine. <laughs> when Moses Montefiore came to, to Israel for the first time, right. the whole community of Israel, at least certainly in, in Jerusalem, lived within the old city walls. Right. And they were literally afraid to leave the old city walls. And he convinced them to plant vineyards literally in, in Yamin Moshe, which is right outside. Yeah, now mean, there's like yeah. multi-million dollar homes there Correct. where there used to be olive groves and, and vineyards. Now the wine in that area is in the restaurants <laughs> that are in that area. <laughs> but no, but really, and that's where the min w- windmill, you right. know, the, the, sure. the iconic windmill. Windmill. Windmill, windmill is yeah, there. Exactly. Bluff. Yeah. Uh, more references in Bal Hotels right there. Yeah. <laughs> Many other places. Uh, and, and what is the park? We call it, what do we call it? Ganem Hamon is right there? What, what do we call that park that's right there next to you? I, I think it's Ganem Hamon, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Anyway, many of our listeners are familiar with the geography, that's for sure. Um, but these wines are just amazing. We had lunch yesterday with uh, one of the finest wine writers, and he had just given Robert, Park of Robert Parker Magazine, Philip and Mark Squires, who writes for him, and he had just given some of these wines in the 90s, right? Yes, Tell us three, about that. three wines scored in the 90s. And he wrote that it was one of the most exciting of the new wineries and that the wine seemed to be getting better and better. If I, if I could have paid him to say something, he couldn't <laughs> have, uh, we couldn't have got a better review from the most important critic in the world. So, what, what does he mean by new winery? Is this, well, is this in a, fact, a new winery? Yes, the winery was founded, in fact, in 2010. Wow, and the first easy. wines released in 2013. Huh. Under and the name Montefiore. Under the name Montefiore. And, what, what, um, are the, what are the specific names of the three you brought in this morning? We've bought in the Montefiore Cabernet Sauvignon. Mm-hmm. We've bought in the Montefiore Red, which is an entry-level blend, and the white. Jay, what can you tell us? What can you tell us in the scheme of things on well, the, I, I on the t- wine scene about these wines? Well, first of all, the Montefiore Red and White are both about $20 retail. Hmm. So it, they're accessible. They're easy to buy, not only easy to drink, but they're easy to buy, and they're also made in an accessible manner, meaning it's not, it's not a big, muscular, you know, knock-your-socks-off wine. 
so it's really got, it goes with a whole host and variety of foods, and easy drinking, easy to buy, uh, a so very well distributed. So it's a distinguished wine, yeah. yet an easy to adjust to right, wine. Right, right, and the Cabernet, which is a little bit more money, is still not. Uh, tremendously expensive, but still delicious, thick, rich. So if you're having a real big roast or something very flavorful, uh, you know, for Yontif, you'd want to buy that as well. If you buy all three, you'll be in great shape. As you sit here, we say this every time, um, and encourage people to buy Israeli wines, and in this case have brought us a prominent a winery representative, uh, people want to know if it's available. Can they walk into the New York, New Jersey, and other places, as you indicated, you know, stores and find these types of wines? Yes, in New York and New Jersey, it's widely distributed. Mm -hmm. Outside of New York and New Jersey, you know, like in Chicago, you'd probably have to go to uh, your Julasco right. or uh, Hungarian. In Miami, it's, pro it's widely distributed in all the kosher shops that, you know, the meat stores and so on that also sell wine. Um, but in other areas... Uh, you know, more Midwestern or, you know, lesser, uh, smaller Jewish communities. Not lesser, God right. forbid, I'm going to get hit yeah, for yeah. that. Population In smaller wise. Jewish <laughs> communities, it's probably more difficult to get. Jay Booksbound with Adam Montefiore. Do you get the feeling that we're always promoting, do you get the feeling that there's a desire among diaspora Jews to include these types of bottles on their holiday table, or are we just making this stuff up as we go along? Sure, this is the most accept acceptable uh, side of uh, Israel. You can't give a present of a bottle of high-tech. So, <laughs> Very good. So, uh, That's a cool That's comment. A good one, yeah. so, so wine is a great gift, and it's a great way to help the growers and agriculturists of Israel. And if we're talking about Shimon Peres, he was a great supporter of Israeli wine. Right. Probably amongst all the prime ministers and presidents of Israel, well, he was hence, the one who understood more about wine than anyone else. And hence what my wife referenced about his desire to get everybody around the world to buy Israeli products. Sure, right. sure. And we always had to send him bottles, and we always had to send yeah. him the right bottles. So, um, uh, you know, the wine community will remember Shimon Peres with as much warmth as everyone else. That's interesting. You know, you have to, you have to look at that also because... When it comes to other food products, even other agricultural products, if for you to know that it comes from Israel is not so easy, That's whether it's true. oranges or cookies or whatever, you know. But in a bottle of wine, by law, it has to say the country of origin right front center on the front label. So it's much more easy to uh, also, of course, most Israeli wines, if not all of them, have Hebrew writing on right. the front letter on the front. Uh, Labels. So the history of your family in wine, is it, is it something that's only 21st century or it does go way back? Well, it goes back to the beginning in the, in the mid-19th century when Moses Montefiore was the first person to suggest the planting of vines. Right. Now, his dream, his vision, really took place 40 years later when Zionism took root and uh, Baron Edmund de Rothschild came and uh, recreated an Israeli wine industry. But the first vision was Moses Montefiore. And then 150 years later, I arrived in Israel, the first member of the family to make Aliyah, <laughs> with three children, and worked in the wine business. And now my children are also working in the wine business. So, so we feel that it's somehow in our, in our genes. And Moses Montefiore used to drink one bottle of wine every day. And he lived to 101, mm. which is about double the, the regular age right. span that people lived that in those time. days. Yeah. And he was a great wine lover. So... So we feel somehow we're on a historic mission, not only to bring Israeli wines to, uh, uh, to people abroad, but also to fulfill the family destiny. Adam Montefiore is here. Um, Jay Booksbaum, of course, as we get closer and closer to the brand new year and remind everybody the importance of including Israeli products, in this case specifically wine, 
in what you're going to be giving or serving uh, starting this coming Sunday night. Um, we have discussed umpteen times, and with Jay even more than that, just how many wineries continue to sprout up around the state of Israel. Being in the industry, is it scary for you to see so many other colleagues you know, coming forth, and many of them succeeding, or are you just part of an amazing rush that you welcome? If I look back 20 years ago, it's almost a miracle where we have arrived today. And think where we might get to in another 20 years. I mean, no one's saying Israel is better than California or better than France. But the strides we've made in wine is absolutely amazing. We have something like 300 wineries. They're all producing good wine. And what that means is everyone's trying to produce better wine. So what can be better than the competition? Yeah, I guess that's true. It's, that just nice? a, it's incredible to watch, though. It's really incredible. Remember, we used to, very short, very short time ago, we used to say 200. Now right. the figure is 300. 300 yeah. and we, <coughs> right. It just keeps going up. And, um, and w- w- the other thing that continues to baffle me, and Jay and I have discussed this in the past, there are regions of Israel where I think that the average layman can understand that a vineyard would be successful. You know, I don't know, for some reason, when you think of the Golan, I think like, hey, you know, it's got the, it's got the, this is the average man talking, it's got the atmosphere, so yeah, you can have, but you think of Beit Shemesh, and you think of the area that you described, you know, whether it's dry or very hot, etc., and yet, you're able to produce a grape that, you know, that, that's, that's in the industry, that's, you know, a major part of the industry. How do you explain, outside of the biblical uh, angle, uh, and the Jewish heritage angle of the what above. How do you explain that all these regions of Israel are able to produce wine? Well, vineyards cover the land of Israel. And what's important to produce good wine is high altitude. And there are the Jerusalem mountains, the Golan Heights, the Upper Galilee, even the Negev mountains. And Israelis have a sort of bloody-minded attitude that if we can't do it, we'll do it. <laughs> and, do it anyway. <laughs> and so they've planted vineyards in the Negev, right, which are producing great wine. Israel is covered with vines, with vineyards, just like in biblical times. It's unbelievable. Does this uh, surprise you at it's all? It, it, it actually gives me the chills. Because there's no other country that could do that, right? It's it, impossible. It's, it's the <laughs> only, but you know, you know, it's a known fact that it's the only country in the world, the only civilized country in the world, where there's more trees every year right. than the year before. Right. And so, you know, to hear about this is just... It's obviously that, you know, Israel can. It's a can-do place, but it's still miraculous and, and chilling in it's a very nice way. Uh, how many total varieties, I want to use the right word, yeah. of wine does your winery make? We, we have six wines. Uh, we produce something like 75,000 bottles a year. And we already export uh, nearly half that amount to, um, to about 12 different countries around the world. Majority of those exports to our area? Or not sure, sure. It, Canada, America right. is still the number one markets for most Israeli wine. What have you done with the Great Britain market? Have they taken to your wine? Sure, today? absolutely. <laughs> it's a very uh, well-established uh, uh, English family, the Montefiore family. That's true. And um, certainly very, the wines are very popular there. All right, there you but have the it. Montefiore's originally come from Italy, right? Sure. Uh, the family, the, the word Montefiore come, uh, means mountain flower, Montefiore. And uh, we came from the Marche region of Italy, uh, near Ancona. Um, Moses Montefiore himself was born in Tuscany, in Livorno. Um, uh, but then the family was 200 years in, in England. And we're the first strand to go and live in Israel. So, Unbelievable. Uh, are, there, uh, are there wines that are collector's items from decades ago in the family? Or 
Or that's not, um, that there's not not a category like that in your not not really because the the wines that really age decades are, are really the French wines. Um, but uh, you know, as a family of wine lovers, certainly we enjoy drinking wine <laughs> rather than storing wine. It's a different concept. <laughs> it's like we did last night. Jay yeah. does both. He stores yeah. and drinks. Yeah. Has to make a decision what to keep storing, what to keep let drinking. Me, let me tell you, sometimes <laughs> it's, not, it's, it's not an easy decision. It's not an easy decision, right. Were any of the wines that you opened last night in a social media explosion, because everybody <laughs> was following what you were doing, uh, were any of them Israeli-related at all? Yeah. Was, were there? Yeah, there was Castel. I didn't realize that. Castel C., Yes, oh, which uh, was magnificent. Oh, and there was a Katrin as well. Oh, and and these were uh, classic, meaning you know older wines, or yeah, yeah, and everything was way out of uh, vintage, meaning not oh, out of vintage, meaning right. you know not current vintages. Uh, the Castel C, which still held up beautifully, was an 09. Right now it's a Chardonnay, and right now we're we're showing the 14. So you're talking about a wine that's uh, six years out of vintage and still holding up beautifully. So yeah. So how do we answer the question for the people who are asking right now? How do I get to be friends with Jay Booksmith? Like you know, anybody who's you know, well I they want to hang out and do the same thing you did last night. I get night. questions from all my friends all the time. <laughs> Jay, can we buy wine from you? And I go, listen, it's illegal, but you're welcome to come over and share a glass of wine with me anytime you want. And I make that, uh, I make that uh, offer to all your listeners. So if you're opening up one of those classic bottles, you will not be upset. If someone shows up, absolutely not. And be wh- uh, an and honor and a pleasure. How do you like that? Imagine that, huh? Jay, you're incredible. I don't know about Brenda, but you, know, <laughs> but yeah. you have no with problem. the line around the block, you know. But, but you have no problem. No. Adam Montefiore is here. Are we opening up the uh, winery uh, and the facility to the public at any time? Is it already open to the public? What is the? Because I know that's always like a natural step for these wineries to you know to try to uh, encourage people to come visit. Is that something in the plans? Or? We have a dream. Uh, and that is to open the uh, a visitor center in Mishkanotshanim, where it all began. Wow. And that's where Moses Montefiore and the windmill are most remembered in Israel. Um, and that's what we get planned to do in the future. Um, but until then, we, we don't have a visitor center. All right. But you do have that vision in mind. For sure. For sure. Wine you is know, uh, a series of dreams coming true. And this is the next. I the would next say dream. the second most iconic uh, picture of Israel uh, after the the, the uh, what do you call it, the spies right. with the grapes, is probably the windmill. Right. If you think about yeah. it. Yeah. Great association with the Holy Land. Right. People see that. Especially Jerusalem. No question about it. And, and and again, what I said earlier, just the the family name. There's only a handful of family names in the last three four hundred years that you know that really identify as builders of the land of Israel. And obviously, yours is one of them. So, and we also mentioned I, I mentioned off the air that uh, uh, the book about Jerusalem. Uh, is written by Montefiore, and you identified that person as your brother. Yes, my little brother, Simon. So there you go. He's a historian and wrote the book of Jerusalem, it which is, is an a, amazing a fantastic book. read. Yeah. It is such an amazing really? book. Really? i got to oh, get it. It is an amazing uh, if, book. I, if he was nicer to me, you'd get me a <laughs> copy. <laughs> I may actually have an extra upstairs. Yeah, I'm not yeah, kidding. Wonderful. Thank you. <laughs> no, but I, I can't I, do but, much better than that, Jay. You know, I, I just want to, you know, uh, obviously... Shimon Perez and and so on and so forth to urge people, myself obviously, to buy Israeli wines and Israeli foods, especially before Yontif. Right. Um, go out this tomorrow tonight and get a couple of bottles of Montefiore wine. I'm telling you, do it. You will not be sorry. You'll enjoy it. Uh, it's got a good what we call in the business QPR quality price ratio, right. and uh, you know, do it. 
All right, Shay, I thank you. Hadam, I thank you. Shana Tova to Shana you. Tova to you and everyone else. Uh, everybody out there is looking forward to, um, uh, to trying these wines and enjoying great Israeli wines. I know for you it's an honor to be escorted by the number one kosher wine sommelier on planet Earth. Fantastic. You know, Jay is who Jay is. And uh, he continues to hold that title with great pride. I am so grateful. I, I, re- I want to say this at the end of the year. It's very important. I am so grateful to all of your listeners. Every time I travel, whether it's Boca <laughs> or California or Argentina, wow. you know, somebody, if not many people, come over to me and go, Oh, you're on the Nachum Siegel Show, aren't you? You know, so I really want to thank everybody for listening. I want to wish everybody a Chasimataiva, a good Gebenched Yar, especially Lipa. Uh, and everybody else in Williamsburg. <laughs> and everybody else in Williamsburg. Really, thank you very much. And, and I please accept my apologies if I ever said anything unworthy. Oh, Why would you suspect that you would say anything that <laughs> might, might, might bother somebody? I have all these filters on my mouth, right? Yeah, right. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Jay Booksbad, number one kosher wine sommelier. Uh, Adam Montefiore, uh, we look forward to seeing you in Jerusalem. Shana Tovan, thank you for visiting us. Thank you very much. More coming up. You're listening to a Thursday morning edition. This is JM in the AM.